Hello and welcome back to the Not For Profits podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Trina Parham. And I'm David Devon. And we are two seasoned black professionals in the nonprofit industry. And this is the place where we spill the tea on the behind the scenes in the nonprofit industry and all the goings on and talk about our experiences, challenges, and lots of fun stuff. So uh, thanks for being here with us. And um, so as we mentioned in our last episode, if you listen to that, we, um, we've created a, a list um, that we would love for you to join and become a part of our community. And if you go to bit.ly forward slash not for profits, you can get on that list. And we send out notifications once a month where we highlight various pieces from podcast episodes. We share resources, all sorts of things that we have going on and so that we want you to be a part of. So be sure to do that. The link for that will be in the show notes. So, uh, yeah, be sure to join us over there. Yes, yes, excited for that. And you never know what's coming too. So if you join the list um, when some things are, you know, are cooking. So we'll be excited to share them soon. Absolutely. You know, now that we've we've officially launched, so we've recorded several episodes, but um, at the time of this episode, we have officially launched and put the word out about the show. And so we're getting some really good feedback. And so I'm excited about that. How about you, David? Very excited. Yeah, really, really appreciate all the comments, the rating, reviews. Um, yeah, just, you know, we're going to keep honing it and, 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 and making it more impactful. And the only way to do that is to be in community with you all. So thank you. Absolutely. So be sure to rate this podcast, uh, leave a comment, share it with your friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from the conversations we have here. And um, thanks so much. We appreciate it. So today we're talking about boundaries in the workplace. Now, the idea of, of having boundaries in the workplace, this is something that I talk about a lot in my own work, in my own coaching business and consulting practice. And so this is something that I have dealt with not only in my own business, but in my, in my day jobs that I've had with whether it was with colleagues or folks that worked on my team. And so this is a topic that, um, that I care a lot about. So David, how, how do you define, well, how do you define boundaries? So boundaries overall, I think about it in a, in a way to say, how do, how am I drawing a line or, um, a level of kind of a protective sense or something where I am able to control my levels of activation, which might be kind of a therapy speak, but my levels of activation around something. So meaning, depending on the environment I'm in, uh, I will share only so much because if I, if, I, if I think, you know, if I share more than what I'm comfortable with, how could that information be used or... Um, am I okay with that information going wherever it may go and having, you know, some sort of implications? So the way that I think about it a lot is what am I holding for myself? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm using information as an example, but that could be time. It could be the way I um, use my skills. It could be all sorts of things. Um, how am I ensuring that the amount I'm giving is something I'm comfortable with? And the amount that I'm sharing, 
I'm okay with it being out there in yes. whatever way it may be used. So that might be boundaries um, on what I'm choosing to work on. It might be the boundaries as it relates to who I'm choosing to work for and with. In, in this context, it could be, you know, how am I thinking about my own professional agency as it relates to the decisions I want to make within a work environment. Personally, that's probably a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I try to think about it through those those categories. Um, which for me, honestly, knowing that I'm someone who is hypervigilant too much of the time, a lot of what it comes down to is what is the risk assessment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of what I'm doing, what I'm sharing, um, and am I comfortable with what I'm doing and sharing? What about re- for you? I really like that idea of what do you what you're holding for yourself. I think that's that's a really important point. For me, I love. I think it was Brene Brown that said boundaries are letting other people know what's okay and what's not okay. And that is a definition that often that sticks with me. And I, I would add to that, not only letting other people know what's okay and what's not okay, but reminding myself of what's okay and what's not okay. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that means around my time, what I'm committing to, what my commitments are, what I'm taking on, how I allow you to speak to me and communicate with me. That's you right. know, all of those things are really important when it comes to boundaries. So, and when I think of boundaries, those are the the things that I think of. So, David, for you, what does it look like, or what did it look like for you having boundaries in the workplace, having boundaries at work or not? Mm -hmm. What did that look like for you? Yeah, yeah. And let me, I think, give give two examples. So one, um, and I'm going to think about this in terms of boundaries is probably another term. But when starting out and being very eager, no matter how much I had going on, just saying yes, mm-hmm. that that was not. And that's something I've, I've gotten a lot better about. But there was this, oh, if this person is offering this or thinks I can do it, I should just say yes, because this is a great opportunity. And there was no boundary in terms of my own time and focus as it related to my work. And that became a serious challenge because then you're taking on way more than should and that you can and then you know at especially being black people you know that the assessment of your abilities will be very harsh if you can't achieve everything even though they give you too much I think another example which sounds kind of silly but you know that that annoying Monday morning especially when we were back in the office and it was like oh how was your weekend and there are certain people who are literally listing every single thing they did that weekend and with whom and how much they spent on dinner and all of that stuff. And I might say, oh, it was good. <laughs> right. So like that sort of thing of how much am I actually like detailing. So personal life, boundaries. Yeah, what mm-hmm. my life looks like um, just in general with, with colleagues. And I feel like that can be another one of those things that I think you've talked about before where someone can be like, oh, this person's standoffish because they didn't detail everything they did. Right. Um, when it's like, do you should you have access to that? 
and therefore getting a target on your back because you don't engage in that or you don't go out for drinks or whatever, whatever it is. You brought up something interesting when you were talking about boundaries and just saying yes to things all the time and really that being a breach of your boundaries. But how did you decide and maybe I don't know if maybe then or now when it was time to have a boundary and it was time versus when it was a time to push forward or do more work because maybe you were gunning for a promotion or you wanted something else. How did you suss out for yourself the, the difference? Like I'm saying yes, just because I, I feel like I can't say no versus I'm saying yes, because I'm trying to get somewhere and I want to achieve something. And maybe I just have it in the tank because I just want to get and push through all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the way that I've thought about it and the way that I've is, is just having a, a greater degree of discernment um, and understanding how is the thing I'm saying yes to setting me up for what do I, what I want to achieve in this role or the mm-hmm. impact I want to have. So it, it can't be the way it was before. It's like, Oh, this is connected to the mission. Yes. It has to be okay. What is this work that I'm committing to? Who am I working with? What proximity is there to leadership if I want it or leadership at another organization? Um, Am I actually getting to be with people and meet and convene people as opposed to pontificating in the office about what the people (laughs) may want or need? Mm -hmm. You know, those sorts of things became much more like assessing how saying yes to this because People just throw things and they just want you to solve their problem. And now I'm much more comfortable just saying no when, when that's when that's part of it. I think the other piece where I'm still trying to work through where I will probably continue to say yes is in in understanding when something is critical to a cultural shift, especially around how black people, people of color, marginalized people are being able to navigate an environment successfully. So if it's an initiative around DEI, if it's we're going to revamp the way we're doing community engagement, if we need to have a conversation with a department about stipends for community members and how that, that process needs to be shifted and changed, it might be too much or it might be more than um, I should have on my plate. But I, I'm almost seeing it through a lens of <laughs> uh, solidarity through efficiencies so how can I be a part of enacting, enabling, whatever you may want to say, systems and processes that are going to smooth the landing, the road for people like me, for those who are in community to to see greater benefit to the work? Right. Um, it's hard because some there can be too many of those too. But those are some of the ways that I, that I think about it. I think and, for me, um, when I think about boundaries at work what one of the things that I keep in mind is a wake-up call that I had pretty early in my career um when I realized these people uh don't care about me (laughs) (laughs) and are not and I have to be concerned about my own well-being and not to say that people haven't looked out for me at work because they have but by and large the system is not necessarily invested in me as an individual mm-hmm. and because of that that has already set a boundary for me around my time and how much I'm willing to give now 
I I believe in giving 100% when I'm, most of the time, I believe in giving 100% and doing what I'm being paid to do. But when it, and I think as for a, for a lot of leaders, when you're working, you, you go above and beyond just because that's who you are. That's a part of your character. But for me, what I learned was the importance of putting myself, my needs and everything first. And so, you know, for most of the time that I've worked, I've had some semblance of a business, even if there are times that I've, you know, worked full time in my business as I am right now. And there are times when I had a previous business um, where I ran that business while also working full time. And so for me, that meant I had to be the one to set boundaries around my time, what I could say yes and no to. But that also meant me being extremely efficient at work. And so what took people eight, 10 hours to do, I could do in five hours because I'm there, I'm focused, I'm hustling, I'm getting it done because I have other things to do. And I remember years ago, um, I worked with this guy who was my counterpart and uh, he uh, was a musician and I was having a really rough day (laughs) one time and he and I were talking. He was like, look, I come here, I do my gig here and I go home. And that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I go to work, I do my gig, and I go home. A lot of people don't like that mentality, but that was my mentality. I'm here, I'm going to give it all to you while I'm here. I'm giving you what you're paying me to do. But I have a life to live. I got other things to do. And so for me, it became important around boundaries to put work in proper perspective of the rest of my life. And I think particularly now that I've gone through burnout, that's even more important to make sure that work is put in its proper place and proper perspective. So having boundaries around my time and, you know, leaving at a certain time every day, that was big for me. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I have other things to do. And, and that brings up for me like how how you think about those personal professional uh, boundaries with coworkers because to your point of wanting to come in do your gig and go home I think we both worked in places where the expectation is like there's a lot of like social random stuff during the day where you're supposed to be at the desk doing the chit chat over here this is something I'm experiencing with a family member at home, like all this stuff that each day could be two hours right? <laughs> away from time um, where you could be, you know, getting your tasks done. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm not saying that I, I wasn't social at work because I was. I think just this idea that you have to do it, that you're obligated to take on all these extra tasks because you're a leader or that's just the culture of the organization, I think isn't sustainable or realistic for people. And so I think, and I think though having boundaries, a lot of people aren't comfortable with boundaries. A lot of people don't have boundaries in their home life or personal life and they don't have them at work either. Mm -hmm. And so because they might not have boundaries, then they get upset or they see your boundaries as a threat because you say no or you're not doing something because they would say yes to it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, well, that's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) but they can make it your problem and make it an issue because you aren't engaging in the same ways as people 
who don't have good boundaries. And I know I've experienced that a lot where you work with people who don't have boundaries and they turn it into an issue around work performance. Mm. And it's like, did I or did I not achieve the goal? Did I or did I not do what was expected? Mm -hmm. Did I or did I not um, reach whatever milestone? Yes. And if the answer is yes, then this conversation is over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's no... There's no categories in your semi-annual performance review rating your ability to gossip. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yet that seems to be part of the way that people want to assess each other. And like, that will you play in the mud with me mm-hmm. while we're working together? And if you say no, it's a demerit. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's a really interesting um, idea where the the boundaries or lack thereof with colleagues you know, can be detrimental to your career. So you have, and I think particularly as black people, and I can say as a black woman, especially having boundaries automatically seen as a threat, Mm -hmm. saying no automatically seen as a threat. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what my face looks like. It doesn't matter my body language. It doesn't matter what words I use. It doesn't matter my tone. It's seen as a threat because if you don't go along to get along, and even when you do, it's still seen as a threat. Yes. So you might as well have boundaries, folks. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, because I think it can always be misinterpreted, your intentions or whatever it is. Not And not only that, but things that you tell people, you know, can be used and weaponized against you. And so you do have to be careful of that as well. Yes. Yes. And, you know, to the to that point that you just raised, what, what was the response and what has been your experience when you, as you've said, uh, use no as a full sentence at work? Oh, it has been <laughs> hell to pay. <laughs> it has been hell to pay. It has been, you know, I've had a target, you know, you get a target on your back. I certainly have had that experience. I have had people question, why does she get to leave at five o'clock every day? Uh, because I say. Mm-hmm. And that's the time my job is over. Um, And I I had a boss who told me, um, and she was pretty high up, and she said, I leave here at 4 o'clock because I have to pick up my kids from school. And she was like, no matter what's happening throughout the day, I'm leaving at 4 o'clock. And I was like, okay. And I have a time to when I'm leaving. And if this place burns down, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't been available for things after hours. And I think sometimes as a leader, that's just par for the course, but not every day. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that is, um, that's been part of it for me. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think overall the no has not really been respected. It's more like, all right, I hear your no, justify it, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've also experienced the, you know, hey, Trina, we're so excited. There's this thing going on. We really think you could be great, da 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 And then you respond, no, because I've already committed to all these other things. And then the person just goes cold and disappears. Mm-hmm. And it's like, weren't you just excited and engaged? And, okay, I guess I didn't immediately solve your problem um, and buy the sales pitch. So now, you know, you're on you disappear. the outs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I think there have been good experiences of almost those moments of being able to say no, unfortunately or fortunately, as an opportunity to remind those trying to assign you two things or engage you in additional projects to remind them what's actually on your plate and what you're achieving and how you're performing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's those moments as well. I think something else I've noticed is as a result of saying no, that it it has empowered other people to say no. And And it has empowered other people to have better boundaries. And I think especially for people who have been on my team and colleagues that I've had, I think that I think seeing that as an example and just knowing this is possible, because I think part of it, depending on the environment that you work, that, you know, the idea that you can say no to anything is is almost absurd. It's like people can't believe that you can actually say no to something. And when they see someone stand up for themselves and say no, it's almost like, oh, I I didn't realize I could do that. Yeah. And so that's certainly, um, that's certainly a benefit that I've seen. Yes. Yes. And have you had moments or if there's anything you want to share where someone specifically crossed a boundary with you and how you handled it without getting, yeah, yeah, I think, too I personal think, or no, specific. No, no. I think I think the ways I think the ways that it's mostly showed up has been people getting too familiar. It's like, okay, we work together, we're this, we're that. Yes, there's social events and those sorts of things. And then all of a sudden someone's commenting on something. You're like, wait, is that is that really the relationship we have that you think you can comment on this or joke about this? Like or comment on your personal life? Yeah, yeah. Or mm. um, or to me about black people when the person wasn't black. Mm. Or just like stuff like that where it's, it, it does make me think like how am I showing up that this person thinks that they can speak this way and it be fine or be a joke? Um, so I think it's been that sort of thing. Um, and again, like I said before, that sense of like, hey, I need, I need, you know, like our families are both, you know, southern roots at different points. Like there's a <laughs> pig in the mud, like, hey, get down in the mud with me. And mm. He's like, no, no, I'm not. I don't want to play this game. I don't want to do these things that you're doing. And then it's and then you're like rejected if you don't want to stoop to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's been that those sorts of comments about me or my or my people, and and yeah, just like sharing too much. I think that's the thing. It's like too much about themselves, like people oversharing with yes, you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Where it's like, I don't want to know this information. <laughs> um, Getting too or, personal. Or the thing that, that does happen a lot, too, is you start to figure out things that you've shared are now being shared with a bunch of other people that you thought were being shared in confidence. Oh, so that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, maybe not a, I don't know if you'd call that a boundary, but. Well, like I think it is a boundary if you think you're talking to someone or speaking to them in confidence about something. And then, and I think this can be a challenge when you have when you're friends with people outside of work, mm-hmm. 
And then that conversation that you had when you're out for dinner on Saturday comes back to you on Tuesday and you're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And so that can be a real issue for sure. Yeah. Mm. How about for you? Um, When I think about, I've always had pretty strong boundaries, but I think where people have tried to cross or push my boundaries have always been around me saying no or standing up for them myself and people feeling like they have to push me or try to break me. It's always been the extreme. It's like Mm. to where they want to get me fired or they want, they want to push me out or they want to do something. I had an incident um, back in my city government days where there was a boss who was really high up that I had a, my direct boss and he and I were not getting along and it wasn't anything work related. It was all personal. And he went and told this guy and we were at like a large meeting and this guy um, literally physically backed me into a corner because he was like, don't, don't you want to quit this job? Aren't you ready to leave? Aren't you ready to move on? And I said, absolutely not. And just that physical, like, threatening me and crossing my boundary. And so then when I, I went and I didn't know what to do, I was pretty young at the time, um, and I told an older colleague who was more seasoned what happened, and she told me to get it in email, put it in writing, um, write to him and copy his boss and my boss and my boss's boss's boss and all these people so that they knew exactly what happened. And that's what I did. And he never responded. He called me. I said, absolutely not, not over the phone. No. And so for me, it's always been, I think, um, outside of being a black woman and all of the horrible stereotypes that we have about being aggressive and whatever, I do think I can come across as someone that has a strong personality. And so I think, when you are someone that is perceived that way or someone who is independently minded in any way, people want to try to control that in some way and not see how it can be an asset. And so it has been, so I have had multiple people targeting me because of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it created a ton of stress and, you know, burnout and made me realize, hey, this is not for me. And yeah, and that, thank you so much for sharing that. It really brought up for me, which probably is a whole another episode, but being a black man and being in many different, you know, kind of white dominant charity focused nonprofits is the either participating in or being subject to sexualization. Mm. That also is something. I was going to ask you about this, but (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see if you would bring it up. And and I'll say one story that, you know, I was working an event, you know, standing behind a table and a white cape couple came up to me and started chatting me up in an uncomfortable way and then asked to rub my head. Oh and it goodness. was bald. And so it's just those sorts of moments where there's also this this kind of said, unsaid Something and something that I also noticed actually when I was growing up in high school, and we had a um, a busing program called the Medco program in, in Chestnut Hill, Newton, where kids who were from Boston and and the, and the neighborhood surrounding it were bused out to suburban schools, where there was almost this expectation of like, oh, the black men coming 
boys at that point, really boys coming from those spaces into these white dominant spaces that you could be open to being sexualized. Mm. And I think that there is an element of that that I've seen for myself and for others within these spaces that can be, there is this kind of unsaid expectation of like the eye candy or the this or the that, that is, um, yeah, I haven't had like a conversation with black men about that, but I feel like there would be a lot there of people who experience that within a nonprofit setting. Yeah, I mean, that is beyond the scope of this episode, but I do believe that sexualization of black men in these non in these predominantly white nonprofit organizations is something that a lot of black men have probably experienced. I know the first time that I really heard about it is just talking to you. And I I think when you look at historical um, context and the relationship between black men and white women and and white women, you know, are dominant in the nonprofit industry, um, at least here in New York. And and I think the um, I think the mm, I don't know the rub the the challenge of that dynamic and what it causes and that power dynamic is is very interesting and not as much for black women maybe I'm wrong on that but I think it's very particular in the ways that black men experience that Mm -hmm. so maybe it's something we should do an episode on more to talk more deeply about it'd be interesting to I think there's there's a lot there um anyway what would you say are, um, what boundaries are important to have at work? I think the, some of the, s- the things that we spoke about related to how, how you're thinking about your own time, how you're spending your time, your focus, uh, hopefully having the ability to to structure the ways in which you manage your 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 own time and yourself and your team are really important. Um, I think we've both experienced the challenge around um, people from other departments poking their nose into your work and and the challenges there of like you having a vision, you know, really resourcing it, figuring out how to move it forward and then people just kind of pop up mm. and try to decide, you know, well, I think it connects to this other thing that I'm also working on, or I want to like now hitch my wagon to this thing, like that sort of thing. Definitely, the the pieces we've spoken about related to personal things. Um, I think a boundary, and we can probably call it a boundary, is how much am I going to talk about race and systems with non-white people? Yes, in these settings, mm-hmm. is something that I think about a lot. And um, and one thing that I that I talk a lot about with my clients is this um, this kind of concept of qualifying events. You know the the terrible health insurance system that we have, and all these things, and how in many ways the only way you can change your coverage or get your coverage reassessed is when you have a qualifying event, quote unquote, right. death or birth. You know, divorce. getting married, divorce, mm-hmm. all these different things that there is the equivalent of those types of things in the nonprofit setting, in a, the work setting. You had a child. 
that can be a whole a whole way to have another conversation with your boss, with your team, around the way you structure your time, mm-hmm. your working hours, those sorts of things. Uh, a new initiative starting, uh, a change in compensation, a performance review, um, a promotion. There are many, uh, you know, uh, uh, restructuring. There are all different sorts of, of moments where on the normal basis you're trying to set boundaries that work for you many times will not be accepted. But in those moments, it's almost like they're on the table mm-hmm. of trying to think about how to structure the work, you know, life, life, because it's not a balance right. <laughs> that, 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 that you want um, and trying to determine what those things are for you. And I think that's especially true for people who, who are black people, people of marginalized identity, that there sometimes have to be these greater moments for you to really be able to stick your your foot in the door and say, I need to shift this so that it works better for me. Right. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of boundaries that are important to have at work. Um, one thing that I tell my clients all the time is that it's more important to be respected than it is to be liked. And I think for women, I think black women in particular, I think other women of color, I think this is really important because we have that, as women, you have that tendency to want to be liked, to have everyone like you, and that is a losing game. But being respected and having your time respected and whether people might not like you, but hey, they know where the line is. And I think given the condition of the nonprofit industry and how black people are treated, black women specifically, I'll say, this is a pervasive issue. And so it really is important that you maintain that respect because it does help you maintain um, a certain level of boundaries. And so when people respect you, it prevents you from having to have a lot of conversations around and people encroaching on your boundaries when they respect you, regardless of how they feel about you, it will prevent a lot of that stuff coming to your door. The other boundary that I think is really important is how you allow people to speak to you. There's a lot that I can say here, and maybe we'll come back to this, but I think one of the biggest challenges, you know, I work with organizations, um, I work with individuals, and one of the primary issues that, that people have at work is around tone, how you speak to people, how you allow people to speak to you. And it's like it can be something so simple, but how you decide to communicate a thing really determines how people are going to respond. And so I think having boundaries around that is really important. And this gets tricky when you have a boss that gets nasty or has a nasty tone or, you know, maybe there's something that's due. Just because you're in a rush doesn't mean they get to disrespect you. Doesn't mean they get to talk to you crazy. And so I think having a boundary around how people get to communicate with you is really important. And again, like I said, I I talk to my, this is a big thing that I work with clients on. And so we certainly can talk more about that. Feel free to reach out. Me and um, David, both our information um, will be in the show notes um, of this episode. So if you want to reach out for individual coaching or if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. But this is a a big issue. So I think we're kind of just um, tapping on the the surface. But I I think that um, this is something that's really important to understand for yourself at work. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for the uh, for sharing again. You know, we're doing this obviously because we like having 
conversations with each other, but also to be in support of you all that are that are navigating these very you know complex prejudicial systems, um, and you know trying to do your gig and and go home. Absolutely, <laughs> David. Any final thoughts on boundaries at work? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I want to um, just shout out to you in terms of the way you're talking about these things. Is that something that you tell me all the time, the lack of boundaries and poor boundaries or not considering what you need in terms of setting boundaries at work can lead to burnout. Absolutely. So just understanding that that is a contributing factor um, and also recognizing that many, many institutions have a culture of no boundaries Yes. in order to get as much as they can out of you and then get in the next crop of folks. So I want to recognize the systemic element of this as well. Obviously agency, personal choice, the things you can do for yourself. But a lot of places just do not even want to consider what it means for employees to have boundaries. Yeah. Um, I think for me, again, just it's more, it's more important to be respected than to be liked. I think I'll just leave it there. There's a lot more that I could say, but I think for me, um, if I could leave you with anything, it would be that. So that's all for this episode. Um, thanks so much for listening. Continue to, to listen and share and rate and um, subscribe and all the things. Um, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for yes. listening. Thank you.